This is Opposing the Matrix, and uh, tonight it's just me and Eric. How you doing, buddy? Good. How you doing, Dave? I'm doing really good. Uh, Jim has taken the night off uh, for reasons that uh, are his, and um, we are just going to be doing a show tonight alone, um, which is okay, because last time Eric and I did this, we had a really good show. Not saying we did. That we did. it's a crimp in our show or anything, but, you know, it's... Uh, uh, you know, we, we don't often get to talk sometimes. <laughs> and so, uh, in this show, we, we'll be able to talk back and forth and, and, um, and, and talk about a lot of interesting things. So, Eric, we, you know, we were talking just before the show and you were, um, we were talking about, uh, Syria and, and a development about the nukes. What was that all about? Well, it, it just mentioned on Drudge that, uh, and I'm, I apologize if I, uh, screw up the name a little bit. Uh, er- Erdogan, or what? Did you, how did you pronounce it, Dave? Erdogan, I think it's his name. Erdogan. Thank you. Uh, uh, is, is holding 50 U.S. nukes hostage, is what is actually entitled on uh, on Drudge. Uh huh. Well, I think, and, I think uh, that. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. I think that uh, we we made a big mistake a long time ago, including Turkey and NATO. But I think we did that because Turkey was right next to the Soviet Union, and we needed them at that time for that. But I think it was a big mistake moving nukes into Turkey. I don't know exactly where they're located in Turkey. Did the the article say anything about that? I know we have an air base down there. Yeah, I'm actually buzzing through it right now to see if I can actually see where they're actually located. But uh, um. Well, Let's I know see. that. Well, Inserlik is. I had a friend that was uh, in the Air Force there, and right. it's right kind of like the southeastern um, portion of Turkey, almost where Turkey and Syria join. And so I could see them being in there. You know what? It is at. Uh, it's right where you said it was located. The Inserlik. Inserlik, yeah. Inter, inter, yeah. So basically, they're uh, they're trying to evacuate uh, 50 tactical nuclear weapons. That the United States has had their long term from that base. Um, so, yeah, yeah, it's um, it's it's an air base that served its purpose at, at a certain time in history, but I'm not so sure that we need it there anymore. But I'm you think gonna, it's hmm? you think they were strategically located there because of just Russia in general, or yeah, yeah, it was it was yeah. a quick jump uh, across Turkey into Russia had we needed it at the time. And the fact that we have the nukes there is a proof of that uh, that's why we had our base there. And I think, um, uh, see, Turkey was part of uh, the Axis powers during, uh, well, I know in World War One they were, and I think in World War Two they were allied with, um, yes, with the Nazis too. So, as part of the reward for beating the Nazis, uh, of course, the Ottoman Empire was destroyed. 
And the British took over a lot of that area. And I think as a reward for uh, our being part of, you know, the war effort, we uh, we got that base down there or de- were able to develop that base down there. Um, and uh, it was uh, it was kind of crucial because it was, like I said, where it's located, it's like um, that, right down around where Turkey and, uh, and Syria meet. And um, it's not too far from Israel. So, you know, that's a hot spot down there. And, and it was, I think it was often thought that if anything ever kicked off in the Middle East, that was a, a good um, staging area, so to speak. And yep. um, so uh, I had a friend that was there back in the, uh, well, probably late 70s, early 80s. He was in the Air Force down there. And, uh, uh, you know, you, you heard your typical stories. You couldn't go into the town there without your, your, your wife couldn't go in without you. She had a uh, dress modestly. Um, he lived off base, which I thought was kind of brave. I, there's no way I would live off base in a Muslim nation. Um, but, uh, yeah, so, uh, yeah, if, if it's on U.S. military uh, reservation there, um, it should be pretty easy to get them out of there. I mean, heck, all you got to do is fly right out over the into the um, Mediterranean, and you're out of Turkish airspace. So Right. And with the cover... You know, they, they could fly some C-5s in there or C-1, uh, what do they call them, C-117s now and load the nukes on there and get them out of there really quick if they needed to, I think, anyway, uh, yep. with air cover. So it says it was built in 1951, um, and the town it's near is, uh, or the city is Adana, Turkey. That's right. Right. Uh, 1.7 million people there, too. That's a pretty big city. But That is big. Yeah. And uh, so... You know, I don't think it'd be any problem to get out of there, but uh, I was listening to Michael Savage, and of course it was Monday morning, and he hadn't done his Monday more, more Monday show yet, and it, so we were listening to the Friday show, and I don't know if you heard it, but the Turks uh, shelled are some of our special forces. Yeah, I heard uh, that. Okay, you heard that. I, you know, I didn't hear it. Yeah, just briefly. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, my, like he was saying, you know, it's. They had to be told where, where our forces were so that that wouldn't happen. So it, it almost seemed like it was a deliberate act. Well, they were claiming, I think, that it was a uh, it was a mistake. Like they may had made a mistake in doing it. But, you know, I guess I don't know. Who knows if that's true or not, you know? Yeah, exactly. I, I heard that anywhere from 10 to 100 uh, soldiers were either injured or killed in that little incident. But, that's too um, bad. Yeah, I know. I know. And... Uh, so I don't I don't know what Trump would Trump seems to be a peace Nick which isn't a bad thing. Uh, well, well, let me let me ask you something like this. You know they yeah. pulled out of there they pulled out of there and you know this whole we were helping the Kurds right right. Um, but now you know Trump pulled them all out and everybody's basically um, really kind of complaining about the fact that we abandoned the Kurds. Even it was interesting. I think I even saw. You know, it was both sides of the aisle were complaining about it uh-huh. um, politically from our um, from our government, and also I noticed that uh, Pat Robertson from the uh-huh. 700 Club, yeah. he was complaining about it as well. So I'm curious as to what Trump knows about that right. that we don't know. There's something there's something not right there, other than the fact that we seem to fight uh, an endless war. Mm-hmm. Right. And, hel- and helping these people, right? Uh huh. But it just never seems to ever get resolved, right? Right. It's just, it's, 
and I think uh, I think Trump made some comment about it. Basically, they just there was just they just continued to murder each other, and you know, there's no there's never any made up ground to improve that situation. So maybe it was just a lost cause. I I don't know, but maybe there's something more strategic. I don't know um, in regards to that in general. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. I am looking up now, and I haven't found it. Um, if because uh, if you go back in history to the early uh, 1900s, um, and, and I only know this, uh, knew this uh, a little bit because of a relative that uh, my father's cousin married a, a man from Ar- Armenia, or whose family came from Armenia. I think like back in 19. Uh, I can't remember the day, but uh, this man's father came from our and mother came from Armenia, not Armenia. Um, yeah, they were they are were Armenian. I'm sorry. Yeah, and um, and they escaped and came to the United States and they were given asylum here. A lot of Armenians were at that time, <clears throat> and this is uh, uh, I think just before the Bolshevik Revolution. Um, but the uh, the Turks were going wild, and, and they've always been known as being a, like a, cra- a bunch of crazy fighters. Uh, uh, they're very fanatical when when they fight. They uh, <laughs> they'll do whatever they have to. And I think the only one that ever really scared them was uh, Vlad uh, Count Vlad Vlad Dracula, right? Vlad Vlad the Impaler, yeah, yeah. yeah who impaled uh, impaled so many uh, of his the invaders on on sticks that when uh, Saladin was it Saladin. I can't remember the uh, the Muslim uh, commander General? that came in there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he saw that and uh, fled in horror. And it's, it was part of getting the uh, the the Muslims to leave uh, Europe proper uh, during that time. But um, anyway, going back into the uh, the late uh, or the early 1900s, there was uh, there were three genocides that are very rarely reported. Uh, one of them was a Greek genocide, another one was Assyrians, and another one was Armenians. The uh, the Muslim Greeks, uh, excuse me, the Muslim Turks were going nuts, uh, killing anybody that was not uh, a Muslim. And uh, they claimed to have dominion over the area uh, that we now call Armenia. Armenia used to be a very a much larger area than it is now. Right now it's a small country you know, south of Georgia and uh, close to Turkey, if not next to it, uh, to the east of Turkey. And um, so uh, the, uh, the the Turks were going nuts. They they killed uh, millions, uh, literally millions of uh, uh, Greeks and uh, Assyrians and uh, and Armenians. Uh, I, I knew a uh, woman uh, down in, in California who uh, was had come here from Armenia, uh, who told me uh, horror stories. <laughs> Uh, that, uh, for instance, I guess uh, the women in her family were very beautiful back then, and so what they had to do is they had to wear basically rags and put dirt all over their faces so that they didn't look appealing, because if you looked appealing and you were a woman back then, the Greek soldiers would uh, basically rape and ravage you, and then uh, they had a if, habit if, of crucifying people <laughs> on crosses. If I, remember, if I remember correctly, the Armenians, uh, they have a little bit, uh, uh, not dark, dark, complected skin, but just a little darker skin uh, in general. Like, I don't know if it's olive or, yeah, or am I, do, I, do I have that quite incorrect? No, no, you're correct. You're correct. They're, okay. Uh, if you were to look at your your modern um, 
southern Italians, uh, some right. Greeks and stuff like that. Basically, they, they have a little bit of a darker, darker skin, yeah, um, olive darker, complexion. darker white olive skin yeah. in general. And incidentally, um, Armenia was about, I think, the first official nation to accept Christianity. Um, yeah. A long, long time ago. Well, I, I think I remember they called that the uh, the Armenian genocide. Um, in fact, uh-huh. I I actually didn't know much about it until I heard. I saw some clip clip of a uh, you know ultra left progressive uh, person. Uh, you might know who he is, Jank uh, Uger from the Young Turks. <laughs> no, I've... ironic, huh? Yeah, right. Uh, the Young Turks, but the, he was caught on on one of his shows, basically denying that the Armenian genocide ever happened. So, yeah, and he he really he really got himself into some trouble. He had to apologize and everything. So yeah, they have their den- 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 deniers of that genocide too. You know, it's yep. But um, so anyway, there there's a history in, in uh, Turkey of being uh, vicious and uh, uh, vicious and murderous people. <laughs> Uh, Ataturk, who had, had taken over the country after the empire fell, the Ottoman Empire, was very uh, basically a peaceful man and converted their alphabet over to something that looked more like a Western alphabet than uh, than the uh, Islamic uh, Arabic writing that uh, most of the Middle East uses. And uh, and he really changed things for Turkey. Uh, it became more, a more secular nation. It became a peaceful nation. Um, and under his rule, it was it was a, a pretty nice place. But uh, as things have it, you know, people get old and die, and then other powers take over, and then we got what we have now. Who incidentally, uh, Ed Grogan, um, uh, changed their constitution. Isn't that interesting that everybody wants to change our constitution? I'm sure they do. And so he changed his constitution so that he could get a third term. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> doesn't that sound kind of interesting and familiar to that we have so many career politicians that uh, have been in there for 20, 30, 40 years. And, uh, but uh, the fact that the Democrats are calling for us to go to war just never, well, it doesn't surprise me. Um, but anyway, getting back to the Assyrians, uh, the, the whole thing I wanted to say was the uh, the Assyrians were slaughtered at one time and and I do believe, uh, I could be mistaken now, you know, I, I don't know uh, too much about this, but I think the Kurds and the Syrians are, uh, are identified with one another because the, the Kurds, if I'm not mistaken, are hold to a more Christian um, uh, point of view. Yes, uh, that was my understanding as well. In fact, yeah. just on a side note, uh, Trump uh, uh, just proved, I think, $50 million in aid to uh Christian persecution in uh, Syria, I believe. Uh huh. Uh-huh. So, something to note. I know he's been talking a lot about the genocide of Christians in other nations and the horrific things that are going on that no one in the media will even talk about. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? They're exactly. just they're just dead silent about it. Mm-hmm. Or even the you know some of these countries where there was you know. A significant Jewish population, and they've been killing them off too, as well. Yeah, yeah. If you're in some of those countries and you're not Islamic, no matter who you are, you're. <laughs> there was a I, there was a journalist that wanted to prove that. Oh, the lady. Yeah. Oh, uh, that uh, I think she went to did she go to Pakistan? I believe. Yeah. To basically prove that you know, you know, no, no, she went to just, where, she went to uh, Ilmar where. Uh, Oh, that one from Somalia. Uh, Somalia, that's where she went to. 
Yeah. That well, she got ki- peaceful. <laughs> well, th- this lady got killed <laughs> mm-hmm. traveling alone. Yeah. So, and that's not the first time I've heard that. Uh, I, I there was a couple that decided to travel, you know, abroad, and you know, and they went into one of the Middle Eastern countries, and they they were ended up dead. So yeah, there's a couple of girls that went into Morocco to hike or something like that. They were yep. Swedish or something, and they were they were butchered. Yeah, um, raped raped first, you know. Yeah, of course, and butchered. Yep. But, uh, I don't think I don't think people realize how unsafe parts of the world truly are when you have complete lawlessness. That's very and evil. That's very I don't true. I don't think I don't even think you know I I probably don't even fully grasp it totally either. Live in the country that I do, but there's a large segment of our population that doesn't understand how great they really have it here. Yeah. They don't get it. Exactly. They just don't get it. And if they spent five minutes in those other areas, I think they'd finally realize. Honestly, I, I think, call me crazy, but I almost think it should be um, a requirement of being a U- U.S. citizen to actually go and spend some time um, in other parts of the country, uh, the world to get a, a better understanding of how good it is to be here. And then yeah. you would find out that People are probably much more appreciative of what they have here in general. Especially, especially if they read at all any of the news that's coming out of those areas and they're deniers of it. Yep. You know? Well, then, yeah, sure. Let there be a course where they have to go over there and live for a little while and then maybe they change their mind, you know? Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's uh, it's, a, it's a really wicked world out there, folks. And uh, if, you, if you live in... Uh, Parts of Europe, uh, Australia, New Zealand, United States, Canada, um, you don't realize how blessed you really are. Uh, my first wife was from Mexico, and, you know, you think of Mexico as kind of a being an innocuous group of people, you know, not too many problems, except for drugs and stuff like that. And I'm not making light of that, but you think of them as being pretty, pretty peaceful people. But um, I'll tell you what, if you leave the Catholic Church down in Mexico, um your family will cast you away. Uh, in most cases, um, she told me uh, this is basically this is how it works in Mexico. If, uh, if an evangelist comes to a town and let's see two or three say two, two or three people get saved, um, of course you know it's it turns into a domino effect and more more people get saved because they see how you've changed your life, you know, and, and things like that. And then pretty soon you have, um, pardon my. Uh, my little uh, gastrointestinal thing right there. Um, uh, then you know they see you know uh, you know half the town gets saved. Well, in Mexico, every town, every little village has like a saint, and every year uh, they have a a, a festival uh, to honor that saint. And uh, there's a lot of people that make out uh, pretty good financially from those uh, festivals because most of those festivals involve alcohol, uh, tequila and beer, of course. And um, I'm not saying that the Mexicans are a bunch of drunkards, but that's just the way it is during this period of uh, celebration. And uh, so what happens is, well, you know, a person gets saved, becomes a Christian, and one person, two persons, you know, 10 persons, 20 persons. Well... You know, the 
the people that make the liquor, the alcohol down in Mexico, they, they pay a tithe or 10% or whatever they pay to the church, right? Because they, they want to on it. They, they feel that doing that's a good work and that by giving the money, you're doing a good work to the church. And, you know, God's going to honor that. Uh, but when their money's not coming in because people aren't buying liquor anymore, uh, they can't donate to the church. So the church doesn't like that. So then the church starts up a persecution and they have a group of people called the Jesuits that they use as their police force. And so, you know, you, you become a believer and then uh, maybe six months, a year down the road. Well, it's, let's say a, a little more than a year because uh, because the festivals are once a year. You get a knock on your door and uh, you get talked to, you know, you better start, uh, you know, stop what you're doing because it's affecting things. Well, you know, if you really believe in the Lord, you're not going to stop doing what you're doing. And uh, pretty soon, you know, you're. You either run out of town or you're you're killed. She said a lot of people get killed for coming to faith in Jesus in Mexico. So it's uh, it's no different just south of the border than it is um, halfway around the world. Just uh, just a fact of life that uh, if you become a true believer in Jesus, you're and in many parts of the world your life goes on the line. And I got a feeling in about another 20 years it's going to be that way here too. Don't you think? Yeah, I I think so. I I look at, um, you know, I and I don't want to classify all the younger generation in general because there's going to be a lot of you know harvest out of of those people as well. But there's definitely a segment um, of that generation that um, if you don't agree with their ideology then you're an advocate for hate. And, you know, uh, just for example, this, um, uh, what's this guy from Texas, uh, politician, oh, Beto, Beto, he came out and said uh, that we need to, um, what did he say? We need any church that refuses to support the LGBTQ uh movement uh we need to strip them of their um tax 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 exempt status which is illegal uh because they're a charitable organization um to do that just because we disagree but it's interesting um they they point to the churches for that for for you know not backing lgbtq but then i'm wondering well what about other charitable organizations or Islamic mosques that don't back it either. You know, right. are they going to sh- right. are they going to shut them down? No mention of that. Mm-hmm. They're only going after. It's it's funny. These these people are kind of cowards, in my opinion, because they'll only go after the people they know that won't threaten them with violence. Right. I mean, I mean that's pretty safe to say, right? Oh yeah, definitely. And you know, like this, uh, I don't know if you saw in I think in Minneapolis that Trump had a rally. Yeah, uh, uh-huh. big rally. Yeah. Filled it all up, the Target Center, and then there was about I don't know twenty, twenty-five thousand people that were outside of the building that couldn't get in because it was full. And uh, well, they got done with it, and sure enough, they tried to come out and of the stadium, and there was all kinds of people there spitting on them, throwing urine on them, the Trump supporters doing hitting people, and the police had to come in and intervene. And there was no public outcry 
for the condemnation of the violence from the media that was transpiring there. But then someone releases a video of Trump superimposed in a video of basically shooting a bunch of people with, um, you know, news media organizations, Obama, Clinton, all that type of st- thing. Um, even though Trump and his administration condemned the video, uh, they automatically point the finger at him that he's a, he propagates violence, but yet no one says a word about some of the other violent acts being done around the country and they stand in silence. They don't condemn them at all. Uh-huh. In fact, I think they, I think they justify it. They don't necessarily say it, but they justify it because if you stand against their cause, then violence is necessary to put you down. Then it's seen that it's that is seen as just. Ploy. Yeah. Well, it is. It's communism. Yeah. It's seen as just because you you stand opposed to my views. So therefore, I it, it is my right to be violent right. and to try to destroy you either by you know trying to get you fired or get you into endless litigation, and get you sued, or anything they can do. And if that doesn't work, then use violence. You know. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Of course, we know that a lot of the, the the political environment uses you know gang warfare against the people. Uh, we know that MS-13 has uh, definitely a connection to the Democratic Party um, and using them as a weapon in order uh-huh. to inflict uh, violence against you know normal normal citizens. So, right. It's amazing how many times I've heard about from politicians that have said that, you know, that you and I and other Trump supporters need to be rounded up and, and murdered. Yeah, exactly. No, in their defense, a lot of them that I got caught on, you know, putting it on Twitter or on video. Well, they did get fired, but that's only because they got caught. Yeah, exactly. Right. Uh-huh. uh-huh. But but the, the, the younger generation scares me a little bit. Again, you know, to anybody in the audience, I, I'm not going to generalize and stereotype that everybody is this way, but because of some of the indoctrination that goes on in schools in general, we're, we're raising a generation um, of people uh, that um, I don't know what to say about it. We're raising a generation of people that are probably going to put people like myself to death at some I, point in time no in the future. No, no doubt about it at all. Yep. Um, right now it's, you know, it's, it's shouting and yelling and, you know, ostracizing and then trying to get you fired and all that type of thing or any litigation. But eventually it will get to the point where they will use violence and genocide to murder people Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. when they realize they can't get their way. Right. Right. And that's what it will come down to. Or they will get their way and they'll realize, Hey, you know, for 20 years, you know, you, you Republicans or you conservatives or whatever, Christians, you you put your word in there. Um, you know, you've held us back. You've you've look what you've done to the world, which you've you know, and everything yep. else. And uh, so we're going to take you out of this world because it's it's because of you that things are bad. You know, and well, you know, Hitler used the same thing. You know, the Jews were responsible for the for the financial chaos, well, and you know, and, and okay. Well, part well, of this. Go ahead. Part of this reprieve that we're entering into, you know, uh, it's going to be a time, or it's already becoming a time, in my opinion, where a lot of the Christians are going to really, really benefit. And you're going to find that um, a lot of good things and 
blessings are going to come to them. And then the rest of the country is going to look and say, Hey, what the heck is going on here? Why, why are all these Christians, everything, everything that they're, they're touching is, is turning to gold. Right. And then eventually, you know, jealousy ensues from that. And then, you know, that's when we'll, we'll have a perfect Nazi and uh, Jew uh, comparison uh, as to what will happen. I mean, it happened in, Germany, right? Yeah. The Jews uh, became very well off. Um, the Germans were very, very poor. Um, you know, especially after World War One. And so, I mean, didn't most of the Jewish people were were actually bankers, and a lot of them uh, jewelry and stuff like that, diamonds of yeah, that nature. Well, they Jewish people have always been welcome into a society and then castigated. And so, what they do is they band together and become a community. Yep. And that community kind of separates itself from the, the community that welcomed it at the first place. And, and they start to thrive because they start to take care of one another. They, you know, they'll, they'll right. lend money to one another without charging interest. Right. Um, exactly. You know, things like that. Whereas, um, when they, enter, when they lend money to Gentiles, they charge interest. And so it's, yep. um, but then, you know, so then the, the hatred starts, you know, it's, it, uh, maybe a plague will go through. Like when the Black Plague happened, it was uh, Jews are blamed for poisoning wells. Oh, they're putting poison in the wells, and that's what's causing the plague. And they're not getting the plague, so what's going on? Well, they knew better to the state. You know, they were isolated in their own little communities, so, you know, they, they weren't exposed to the plague. And they knew that uh, washing the hands was very important. They washed hands before they ate. They washed their hands all the time. Yep. You know, and uh, when that's what, what they tell you, you know, when when the flu's going around, make sure you wash your hands. Wash your hands real good. You know, that's that's not by mistake that that they're saying that. They know that when you know if you've been exposed to people, you get the flu virus on your hands, and it's natural that you scratch your eye, rub your nose. You know, during the course of the day, uh, or any or any mucous membrane for that matter, uh, eyes, nose, mouth. Um, and, and then the flu virus gets into your system and it takes off, you know. So uh, anyway, you know, that that's how it works. And, you know, I, I can totally identify because I I work with a, a millennial guy and I really like him a lot. He's he's like kind of like a my an adopted son, <laughs> you know. Yeah, well, that's that's fantastic. Yeah. And he uh, he uh, if let's say he's listening to some of his music. Now, I don't I don't like modern music and I just don't like it because I don't like the beat. Yep. A lot of it's very ungodly. Um, and so he'll say, what do you think about this? And I'll say, ah, you know what? Maybe you like that, but I don't like it. And he'll always look at me and say something like, haters got to hate. Sure. You know? Now, what does that have to do with me hating? You know, I just don't like no. his music. I never say I hated his music. I just said, but that, not, it's not but my that's thing. The, but that's the concept of, that is being taught. Yeah. If you, if you disagree with a decision and an action that, they're engaged in it's an automatic advocate for hate yeah whatever happened it's simply just no i just disagree with the decision action that you're involved with uh-huh. uh i don't hate you at all i just mm-hmm. disagree with the decision that you made right right whether that be a decision or an action it, it doesn't have to be an advocate for hate uh-huh. uh-huh and we and if we disagree why can't you just live your life Agreed and leave me disagree. alone yeah indeed right and let's uh-huh. just uh, let's just agree on the things where we can have commonality and live right. in peace. Right. But the problem is, is it, there's a spiritual component to it, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, there there always is. 
Um, and that's the spiritual darkness will always want to dominate or snuff out the light. Right. 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 And that's and that is what I think, you know, is really, really going on with that. Well, there's a there's a fleshly element to it, too. And it's <clears throat> called the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes and the boastful pride of life. And I, I've never seen it illustrated better than when I, I grew up back on the East Coast. Uh, a lot of people that live on the West Coast, the Southwest, even down south don't understand. Well, maybe down south they understand this, but um, <clears throat> we had a lot of different ethnicities, meaning that uh, people came from different parts of Europe. Um, we in, in the area I grew up in, we had uh, Poles, we had Germans, we had Irish, we had Italians, and and uh, and if you wanted to break those those groups up, you know, you had your Catholics and your Protestants and your Jews, and um, but we all we all got along together, but we all had a sense of pride that our ethnicity, our uh, yeah, our ethnicity would be a good word to use, um, was was better than the other one. You know, yeah, we got along with the Irish, but you know, we the, to us the Irish were a bunch of brawlers and drinkers, and we got along with the Poles, but you know, and then but you know, there's that term dumb Polak, you know. Um, Poles were yeah, I don't like not, that. I don't either. Poles, Poles were not thought to be very smart. Well, they're very smart people. And, and then you had your Germans, and the Germans, you know, oh, they're stubborn. They don't want to listen to anybody. They think they're better than everybody else, which is a, a statement that, you know, somebody that thinks they're better than everybody else would make. Uh, well, I come, uh, I come from a Dutch, Dutch German community, so I know all about the stubbornness. Yeah, okay. So, but every, you know, those things are, as, as much as people might see them as being bad things, they can be good things, too, you know. Well, they're um, good in, uh, in a sense of, uh, you know, willing to stand your ground on um, the things that you believe, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, whether they be right or wrong. So right. there's, a, there's a positive attribute and there's a negative attribute to it. Um, Depending on what it is. Yeah, definitely. But a lot of it, like I said, is a, is a pride problem, you know, and uh, even with the the young people today, it's like, you know, uh, you guys don't know what you're talking about. Boy, if I can remember every time I said that to my grandfather or my father, you know, oh, your generation just doesn't understand. You know, no, uh, his, his generation did understand and his generation knew that if we went down the path we were going down, that we were going to run into a wall somewhere and uh and and you know crash and burn and they were trying to keep us from doing that and we we do the same thing with our our young people you know it's like don't do that don't do that and bam oh you know i'm hurting well i told you not to do that <laughs> you know and um so uh it's 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 a, a prideful thing where you know the younger people today they they think they know all the answers well you know, I did too when I was their age, and so when I when I want to judge and say, you know, that that was a stupid thing to do. Well, you know, I did the same stupid thing when I was your age, and uh, and I understand my grandfather now. You know, if I would have listened to him, I probably would have avoided a lot a lot of heartache. And um, if my uh, if the, if the young people today would listen to what we have to say, that we've gone through a lot of the same things they've gone through. Um, you know, they maybe they would realize that we have uh, a little bit of wisdom to help them out. But uh, nobody, everybody's prideful. Everybody thinks that they have all the answers. And nobody's going to tell them what to do and everything else. And uh, it always it always leads to heartache and pain. And it's a shame it has to be that way. But it always seems to be that way. It's terrible. 
Well, that's always one thing about, you know, you know, even even the, the laws that God put in place in the Old Testament, you know, people look at them like, you know, why there's so many rules, but, you know, like a, a good father, um, putting those boundaries in there is, um, you know, for our well-being and for our protection because he realizes that uh, once you leave those boundaries, you know, there's a lot of heartache for going outside of them. So he's just trying to look out for us. You know what I mean? Sure. Sure. Well, the scripture says what father, you know, in other words, it's alluding to a father doesn't love his son if he doesn't correct his ways. Yeah. In fact, he hates him if he doesn't. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know, I um, thank God I had a good stepfather. Um, But I've talked with a lot of people that didn't have good stepfathers that basically let them go out uh, and do what they want to do. You know, and and, uh, um, I work in a place where a lot of people like that have ended up. Because they were not uh, shown uh, discipline, and uh, you know, I've I've worked with people that you're not going to tell me what to do. You know, I, I when I was growing up, nobody ever told me what to do, and still nobody's going to tell me what to do. Well, yeah, well that's why you're where you are. You know, right? You don't you don't respect authority then as a child. You won't respect it in society. That's yeah. why you get the that's why you get some of the lawlessness that you see um, from time to time. Exactly. Um, it's it's amazing to me just uh, how many times um, you know with schools in general. I it, it's hard to be a teacher anymore. Oh sure. I I can't imagine trying to be a teacher nowadays um, because uh, the administration typically doesn't back you. Uh, you know the the kids don't respect it because there's no they they realize there's no consequences for their actions uh-huh. and their parents will justify their behavior right to the right. school so that what does the kid ha- what what does the kid have to obey or fear nothing mm-hmm. so he's lawless yeah and again i got to specify not every child is this way and there are good schools and bad schools and there are good teachers and bad teachers and all that but uh, more and more there's concentrated areas where this is definitely a real big problem so that's right. That's right. Um, so, you know, a good example, and we don't know what the lives of these people were, but uh, Bill and Hillary Clinton, what were they like growing up? You know, why, why, you know, do people have to fear these two? Because, um, you know, if, if, if you spill any dirt on them, you know, you're probably going to end up six feet under. Uh, was it a bad upbringing? Were they born bad or whatever? You know, that's it's it's possible they were born bad. It's possible that you know, by not of their own accord, they were they were um, indoctrinated. And um, you know, if 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 the Luciferian families do exist, and I do think they do, right? You know, if they're if they're part of that from birth, you know, then it's on the parents, the sin of the parents, that basically brainwashed them like that from young on. Uh, that became that. Obviously, their adults are responsible for their actions, but um, at some point in someone's life, um, people get an opportunity, uh, you know, for an opportunity to change. You know right. what I mean? Right. God always presents Himself um, to people so that when their life is over, you know, and you know, there's excuse. There's right. There's yeah. and you're you're for that judgment. You cannot say to the Creator that He was not just 
mm-hmm. and trying to help you. That's right. Figure this out. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know. Yeah, there will be no excuses in, in heaven. No. Yeah, that, there uh, can't be. There can't see. be. You know. Yeah. You know, I've heard, I've heard examples of, uh, you know, near death experience where uh, a Muslim, you know, he, he has he dies, um, and, you know, I I don't know if you, what what you think of near death experiences uh, yourself, Dave, if they're real or not. Um, yes and no. Some of them are. Some of them are. Yeah. Well, this Muslim basically, um, you know, is going to hell, and then he. <laughs> He starts calling out for Jesus, and then you know Jesus pulls him out and basically says, "Well, you know, you deserve to go here because of this and this and this." And that guy says, it, "It's not fair. I I didn't have an opportunity. My parents did not teach me." Right. And he, and Jesus said, "You know what? You're right." Mm-hmm. And then he sent him back, and they sent him back uh, to be alive and. You know, he became a Christian, and uh, you know, all all this relatives thought he was nuts and crazy. But he says, you know, I was hoodwinked. I I was taught a, a, a lie about Allah, and I, I didn't know. But he said, from then on, you know, he became a Christian and uh, started spreading the gospel from then then on out. So, I mean, like I said, God is fair, and just, sure. He is. sure so, he is. and no one can claim that he isn't. It's funny because you know, uh, I we we got into this conversation the other day. I can't remember who who we are, but I remember I was part of it. And and I said even the very creation, you know, has it presents is 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 a presentation of of a creator, so that people have to ask, you know, um, you know, th- this just wasn't an accident. You know, somebody had well, to create this, and if if that's true, who is that creator? And I think that's so. Um, if I'm not mistaken, I've read, you know, some sages, how they wrote about Abraham, stuff that you don't read in the Bible. Yeah. And um, how, you know, he started questioning the gods, you know, that, that his father had because the back then the gods were owned by the king. Uh, if you made your own gods, they were automatically owned by the king. And uh, so you had to take care of them or you were in trouble. <laughs> right. So um, he destroyed all of his father's gods, and uh, the king became very angry and wanted to uh, uh, kill Abraham, but somehow his father negotiated, and uh, that's why they had to leave the Ur of the Chaldees and go up to Haran. Right. But um, And I can't remember why. Oh, why I was bringing that up. But anyway, um, oh, yeah, all of creation. So, you know, it says that he spoke to those gods and they never said anything back. So he made the he made the inquisition, God, if you're real, you know, reveal yourself to me. And that's when God came to him and said, you know, the, the God of the Bible and came to him and, and talked with him. And uh, he decided that, uh, you know, the, the gods that were on the shelf of his father weren't real and that this God was real. And I guess he's his father must have had a conversion experience, too, I think, at least. And well, I always thought that it was interesting that, you know, you look at the Ten Commandments and, um, you know, there's there's two um, commandments, you know, not to have a graven image as one. And then you have the other ones, you know, basically you, you won't serve any other gods besides me. Right. And it, in some Christian traditions, they, they kind of lump those two together. Uh-huh. But I think it, I think it's interesting that they are they're actually separate. Because, right. uh, in my opinion, uh, you know, 
and you know, depending on how the audience feels about Genesis six and the sons of God and all that type of thing, you know, I think definitely at one time, you know, there were, you know, divine deities, you know, masking as, as gods, uh-huh. you know, on, on the earth. And that's, that's the remnant of that. But the problem is, is they're all bound up and locked in a pit. So even if Abraham tried to reach out for them, they're locked up. Right. <laughs> so they're exactly. not getting, they're not getting a response anyway. Mm-hmm. And the whole creation thing, I mean, the whole idea that this all happened by chance, the v, the very DNA structure pretty much um, puts that to rest. Right. I mean, it's completely intelligent uh, creation uh-huh. by by somebody. But obviously, we know it to be God. Uh, I do think the concept of intelligent design is a little bit. Um, the way that they will, the society will probably accept a creator, but it won't be. It'll be an extraterrestrial thing. Oh yeah, likely. Yeah, by far, easily. That's the only other answer. <laughs> it is right. You know, it's either God or but, some or somebody brought it here. But I think yeah. what what'll be interesting is I think there'll be so many things in full view that. You know, the people here that reject God will know that he exists, but will reject him for this other false creator. Right. Knowing full well that, you know, there is a true God, but they don't like him or his rules. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. right. Um, that, that's, that's kind of interesting because it's in, in a weird way, it kind of segues into... Uh, or at least I think it segues into you know what we were going to talk about tonight, and um, and and it's that um, we we live in this evil world, and we and we live in a world run by people that uh, are described in Genesis six, or is being controlled by beings that are described in Genesis six, powers and principalities and rulers and spiritual of spiritual wickedness in high places, and I know I missed that order up, but. Basically, that's what it says. Um, in that, uh, there are people that take out other people in this world, uh, like there always have been. You know, usually when one country took over another, they they uh, just killed out the whole dynastic or or monarch family that was ruling before, because they always feared that uh, that family would take over someday, or you go into exile and build up an army and come back and cause them trouble. Uh, we see it in the Bible. Uh, we see King uh, Saul trying to do it to David because he knew David was supposed to take over. Um, yeah, we, it happened a lot, actually, in the Bible. But um, we had kind of a dynastic family, or what people feared would be a dynastic family, in, in the Kennedy family, um, and later on in the Bush family. And <laughs> that one kind of went awry, but... Um, those of us who grew up back when the Kennedys were, were in office, um, I can always remember my uh, uh, my family grew up uh, basically as Democrats, back when Democrats were Democrats and they weren't leftists. Um, there was a big difference back then. Yep. Um, and uh, I know that they voted for, for John Kennedy because they basically the union mentality was when, when, uh, when Democrats are in, people work. You know, and, and to a certain extent, that was true. Um, but uh, so, you know, I, I, 
if there would have been a few years ago, I would have been ashamed that my my people voted for Kennedy. But when you look at who Kennedy was, as compared to what the Democrats are now, Kennedy probably would have been a, an ultra conservative to what the Democrats are now. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm kind of happy that my family voted for him. Plus, when I hear some of the things that he said, because Kennedy, John F. Kennedy knew that there was a conspiracy going on. Yep. He knew that, you know, that the CIA was, was a crooked organization and he knew that that the bankers were trying to take over the world and that they were trying to create a one world government. He knew all those things and he, he, um, had the guts. I don't know if I, I, it's kind of almost like foolish to have the guts to do this, but he had the guts to try to change it and, and they took his life for him. So, uh, yeah. I don't really consider him a fool. I consider him a hero for trying to do that. And, um, yeah, it's probably, he probably should have moved to do it without actually probably being so open and publicly about it. You know, Amen. that was probably, exactly that was probably the mistake. I was just going to say. <laughs> and that's yeah. basically what, uh, that's what Trump is doing. He's not necessarily projecting that he's basically going after the Federal Reserve and right. the banksters and these people. He is right. going after them, but he's not necessarily, uh, this guy is playing 4D chess. Um, uh-huh. This guy's a very, very smart man. Um, yes, he is. I, I think people like to call him a buffoon and an idiot. This guy isn't an idiot. He is. He is a genius. Yes, he, he truly is. is. Uh, he is. He even though he perp- get to where he is by being an idiot. <laughs> no, yeah. and you know, but you know, even the way he projects himself to cut cut catch his enemy off guard. They, right. they think he's dumb and stupid, but yet he's actually he's playing them like a fiddle. He, is. he really is. It's he incredible. Is. Uh, he's, he's got them doing exactly what they're accusing him of doing. Exactly. And it's, and it's, it's kind of beautiful to watch. And, and one of these days, the day of reckoning is going to come. It and, is. And he's going to call them on it. As we get closer to that moment, um, you know, where you know there's there's arrests of all these types of people that have basically been traitors to our country, and this will be on both sides of the aisle, right? Uh, there's you know it's it's going to be quite of an eye-opening experience. You know, Mark Taylor did say that um, there would be military-style uh, style tribunals, and that um, that they would be actually bigger than the um, Nuremberg trials. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I, the Nuremberg trials obviously um, were the ones where basically the the Nazis, the Nazis that they, they they could mm-hmm. capture um, stood trial, and um, I believe most of them were executed. That's correct. Uh, a lot of them were. If they weren't yep. executed, they were given life sentences, right, in prison. And um, I think Rudolf Hess was the only one that was shown some kind of leniency. He was put in prison for the rest of his life, but he was he was shown a lot of uh, favor because he's the one that uh, that basically parachuted into England and tried to defect. But still, he was part of that machine that put that all together, and um, yep. so he had to pay a price for it. But uh, so this dynasty started with, uh, of course, with. Uh, well, they wanted Joe Kennedy to be part of it. And it's, uh, uh, talking with Ralph Epperson, uh, basically, uh, uh, K- 
came to realize that uh, that the the real person that was supposed to take over or start the dynasty was uh, the brother Joseph uh, Kennedy, and he uh, he died in a mission. Uh, supposedly, they were uh, they found out where the V two rockets were being uh, manufactured, and he was uh, supposed to fly a plane to a certain point, and it was supposed to be taken over by remote control after that. Uh, to where it would crash into these factories that were producing uh, uh, these uh, V2 or V1 rockets. I can't remember which one it was. And it could Did you been. say he was a he was a younger brother? No, he was the oldest brother. He was the oldest, and his yeah, name was Joseph, huh? Yeah, his name was Joseph, and uh, he uh, and supposedly, according to Ralph, and, and it makes a lot of sense to me now. Uh, there's another plane that was that was flying nearby, and that was flown by um, uh, Franklin Roosevelt's son, if I'm not mistaken. And that you know that uh, they exploded the plane on purpose to uh, kill Joseph Kennedy, and he did die. Um, now whether you know that happened or not, that's up for speculation. But it sure makes a lot of sense when you consider the uh, the evil powers at play. Well, okay, so he's gone. So uh, you know, John Kennedy runs and becomes, uh, I think he was the senator, if I'm not mistaken. He could have been a representative, but I think he was the senator. And then later on, he ran to become president and did become president. Like we talked about earlier, he, he wanted to expose a lot of this stuff. He was really after the mafia. He hated the mafia. And uh, Bobby Kennedy, his brother, was the attorney general and was going after the mafia, too. And uh, they, they all knew that the CIA was involved in all this. And so they uh, John Kennedy wanted to restructure the CIA. And uh, so first they got John. And then when Bobby was running for president, they didn't want him in there. And uh, they took him out. And it was in 1968 in a hotel down in Los Angeles. Um, and it wasn't, I don't think it was Sirhan Sirhan that shot him. I think he was a patsy. But at the time, the Palestinians were, were coming into uh, existence because they didn't exist before the 60s. <laughs> uh, it's a fallacy that they were ever a people. But um, So he got blamed for that. But it, there's, there's proof that it was one of the bodyguards or something that shot him behind the ear. Um, and he made a statement uh, when he, just before he died there on the floor that he said, they got, they got me too. So, um, yep. So anyway, then uh, I think uh, Edward was warned against running for president. I think he ran once, and uh, he, he either pulled out of it or he, he lost miserably and never tried again. So the, they were a lot of people think that uh, Johnny Jr. was going to uh, set the stage and be, uh, try to run for president. Well, it uh, turns out that in New York, uh, towards the end of the last century, in the late 90s, that uh, New York's... Uh, Senator was either retiring or he had uh, come to, well, they don't have term limits, so he must have been retiring. And uh, so there's going to be an open seat, and uh, Hillary Clinton wanted to run for it. She moved to New York, never was a citizen of New York, by the way, moved to New York so she could establish residency so she could run to be the senator of New York. Well, uh, I don't know if Kennedy ever said that he wanted to be senator or, or even got into it, but uh, he must have made some kind of comment that he was interested in it. And uh, uh, later in 1999, uh, he has a plane crash, supposedly, off the coast of uh, Connecticut or Rhode Island and uh, dies in the plane crash, as long as his wife and his uh, his wife's sister, or I guess that would have been his sister-in-law, 
Um, so, you know, of course, without him there, Kennedy was a sh- uh, Kennedy, uh, Clinton was a shoe in. And so she became senator and then <clears throat> later on secretary of state. And then that big mess happened over in Benghazi and other places where she sold this out, uh, where the uranium one deal and, um, took all that money that was, was given to the Clinton foundation for Haiti and none of the money ever reached Haiti. And all through their, their, their lives, the, the Clintons have been responsible for the murder of, uh, uh, well, what, what is it now? It's up to in the fifties or something. Yeah. That we know of. Yeah. Clinton body count. Yep. Yeah. And, uh, so somebody had written on, uh, uh, something, something on Facebook and, uh, about dear, dear Mr. and Mrs. Clinton. I know absolutely nothing about anything that you did. So please don't kill me. Um, but, uh, yeah, if you, if you have any dirt on them or, 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 or things, I'm surprised, I surprised Monica Lewinsky was never killed, but I think she was too public, um, too public a figure to have been killed. It would have put, been put together. Uh, but Vince Foster was one of their aides and uh, yep, wound, yep. wound up dead in the park. No blood. Uh, so he was no. somewhere else with a gun in his right hand when he was left handed. And uh, so all of their all their little murders always seem to have a little problem to him. Uh, do you remember well, guy named Ron like, Brown, Eric? No, I don't. There was a guy named Ron Brown and he was during their administration early in their administration back in the 90s. He was he was some kind of uh, secretary. Uh, one of held one of the secretary positions, and he uh, it became apparent that he was involved in something crooked, and he was going to testify. And um, he uh, he was on a plane somewhere. I think it was like in Kosovo or something like that. They had sent him over there to do something, and the plane crashed into a mountain. Um, supposedly the weather was bad, but other people say it was a perfectly clear day. Um, and when they examined his body, they found a 45 caliber bullet hole in his head. Um, so, you know, so they, they actually, if you wanted to look at body counts, all the people on that plane, it probably would, would fall into that category too. So that would, that would jump it way over a hundred. But, uh, the speculation is that they took that plane down just to get rid of him so that he couldn't testify and, uh, possibly implicate the Clintons and, uh, some kind of scam that was going on during that time. Yeah, but um, anyway, so uh, you know, it's it, they're dirty as the day is long, and if uh, Kennedy decided to to run for Senate, he he would have been a shoe, and 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 Clinton would have done what she did during the last election, probably would have thrown a fit, and you wouldn't have seen her for six months. Um, but as fate has it, she she did get elected because John 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 uh, died in a plane crash, um, supposedly. And that's the yep. whole premise for tonight's radio show, supposedly. Right. Now, there are there are speculations that uh, – What if? let me ask you, what have you heard that might suggest that John F. Kennedy is still alive, John F. Kennedy Jr.? Well, you know, the only thing I really heard is that there's a potential that Q – um, is John F. Kennedy, or just not John, but uh, John Kennedy? Uh huh. Um, but that's that's about all I know, to be honest, with you, Dave. Oh, okay. I don't know much much more beyond that. 
Um, and other than the fact maybe I heard something about, you know, at some point uh, he's going to come out of the shadows. Right. Right. And which that's true. Which, if that is true, that, you know, what would his purpose be at this point other than to fully expose or testify maybe uh, to what has truly been going on um, behind the scenes. I mean, right. If he comes, cause he, he's a, he's a Democrat, right? I mean, what do you I mean? mean he, he, yeah, he was, a, he was, he would write Democrat. Yeah. And if I, if I'm a Democrat now, and all of a sudden he comes out of, out of the shadows testifying to all the things that have happened, I mean, I have to think for a lot of people that are on that political side, to some degree, would have to stand back and really think, you know, oh crap, I've been lied to right. all my life, uh-huh. and all of these people that I supported, you know truly are evil, evil scum. Right. Right. You know, I could see a scenario like that maybe. Uh Uh-huh. But then I've heard things like, you know, no, that's not true. You know, John, 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 or John Kennedy is dead. Uh, he's, he's not Q. Uh, you know, I've heard it back and forth both ways. So I, you know, I'll have to wait and see. I don't know. Well, there's, I don't know what to say. A lot of people say, well, you know, when, when his father was killed, you know, there was there was there were people that said, yeah, he was still alive and living in a sanitarium. I remember reading that myself. Uh, you know, he survived, but he was uh, basically a vegetable or, or you know, um, um, on an IQ scale, maybe that of an imbecile or, or an idiot. And I hate to use those terms, but that's what they used back then. Yeah. Um, to describe people of lower IQ. Um, but, uh, you know, there was that going around. Another one was that uh, he never really was shot, that there was a, a body double that was in the car and, and things like that, you know. Um, but, you know, why, why expose Jackie to it when he's not there? <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. But um, anyway, but there's some there's some peculiarities with John Jr.'s death, and uh, one of them is... Uh, well, here, I've got some things I can draw from. But one of them is that he uh, he was buried at sea uh, in a naval burial. And usually that's only reserved for people that were in the Navy. Uh, there was no autopsy on the bodies. Uh, why Why not? You know, usually if people high profile die like that, they have, they have autopsies on them. And, you know, okay, well, they might say, well, there was only, because of the accident, there were only bits and pieces. Well, what, they can, they can autopsy bits and pieces, you know. Um, but why have, why have a, why cremate so quickly without an autopsy and then bury at sea? You know, that's, that well, rings. <laughs> yeah, the only, the only t- yeah, either the, the death was, um, you know, it was a murder or, you know, he faked his death, right, with a plan in place. Uh huh. 
to yeah. emerge at some point when the time was right. Because, you know, one of the things I gather from Q is that this whole plan that they have, that the military has, and, you know, when they approached Trump before he ran for election to, to do this, because they were going to, the military was going to come in and just overthrow our government right. uh, uh, to, to get Obama out of there and what was going on. But they said they would, uh, they approached Trump, basically said, we want to use you, or have you run so that we can do it in such a fashion that, you know, um, that it's legal, <laughs> it's legal. Yeah. Right. Cause what they had to do was basically overthrow a coup, um, a coup, uh, this, 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 in this way, this is an operation that's being done. That they've had in plan in place. Probably, I don't know for how long, at least a couple of decades, at least, I think, right. I right. mean, they, they have they have planned this thing to take these people down um, for a long, long time. But I think they had to wait until the time was right, and they had the right person that could win the election that wasn't, you know, part of the um, the secret societies in general. Right. That's key because basically, uh, what Mark Taylor echoed was basically a lot of our presidents have been oracles basically. Right. Sorry. I said basically too much, didn't I? That's Stop okay. saying they're no, basically no. Eric. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, that they all, it didn't matter who you really voted for. Um, the object, the, whatever objective that they wanted to push forward, even if it was incrementally, uh, to get the country where they wanted to be, uh, for the most part, it didn't matter if you wanted to re- vote Republican or Democrat. The agenda just kept on moving forward. Right. Um, that's why they're so crazed over Trump, because he was not supposed to win. And he has literally screwed up all their plans. Exactly. When you have both oppo- uh, opposing parties, you know, I'm not saying all of them, but both opposing parties, a, a lot of them, standing in unison to to have this guy impeached, you right. know the jig is up. You know it is. Exactly. So, you know, there's been a not, number of these politicians that have resigned of their own accord. They're not going to. They're not going to run for re-election. That's because they're traitors, and they're already uh-huh. caught. So why right. bother? Um, right. And uh, even as you know, Maxine Waters uh, made a comment that I thought was interesting. Uh-huh. She said that Trump is trying to kill her. Right. But the reality is, no, the treasonous things that you've been doing in the military tribunals that are coming for you right. is going to get you executed. Exactly. Because your crimes are going to be fully exposed to the to the country and the world as to uh-huh. what you've been doing. And for that, being a traitor to our country and selling us out to anybody – for money or foreign countries is treason. Right. And by that it's death, you know? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So, yeah. So, the, but basically what she was saying was Trump is going to implement the, uh, the procedure to rid the country of trees, traders. <laughs> right. And she's one of them. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. The, the, the ones that are screaming, impeach, impeach Trump, impeach Trump, are the, uh-huh. the ones that have to lose the most. Right. Um, those are the people you have to – and it's not just the politicians. You'll see it in Hollywood too. Uh, De Niro would be a good example. Oh, yeah. Streisand. Uh, 
Yep, uh, traitors. Sure. Uh, well, it it might not even be necessarily just treasonous stuff, as it may be just uh, they're implicated in the whole, um, you know, pedogate uh, scandal, exactly. which is gonna that's gonna yeah. end up bringing them down. Um, uh-huh. So something else to keep in mind. Exactly, exactly. But um, one thing, you know, I, uh, folks, if you don't know, um, George H.W. Bush um, was probably one of the most wicked people that we've ever had in the office of the United States uh, presidency. Um, you think Obama was bad. This guy was uh, makes Obama look like a choir boy. Um, Obama's stupid, and he was just taking orders. This guy gave orders. Um so the the whole premise is that uh, uh, George W. Bush used to run the CIA. And that's not a premise; that's the truth. And that he had something uh, very much to do with killing JFK. And uh, and and there's another premise. Uh, how true it is, I don't know. That. Uh, uh, he was uh, basically made a deal that, uh, hey, you know, because these guys, they want their legacy to be preserved. Okay, they don't care about you and me. They want their legacy. They want people a thousand years from now to read about how great they were. You know, that's that's their whole deal, their legacy. So um, the whole deal is that uh, I, what I think happened is that they, they approached him and said, look, we know that you're involved in Pedogate. We know that you had something to do, if not directly to do, with the assassination of John F. Kennedy. Um, and they made him a Rommel deal. I call it a Rommel deal. Uh, and let me explain what that is. Back at the end of World War II, or toward the end of World War II, or maybe towards the middle, um, there was a plot to uh, assassinate Adolf Hitler. And uh, a lot of some of the generals were implicated in it. Of course, he didn't die <clears throat> because of a large piece of wood that happened to be in the way of the bomb. Um, talk about dumb luck. Um, but, uh, so they, uh, it went down the, uh, the pike and Rommel knew about it. He wasn't directly involved in it, but, uh, so they, they approached Rommel and they knew he was a great general and that, uh, they didn't want to have a trial because it would make the German people ask too much. Uh, if I was Rommel, I would have said, come on, let's go for a trial. Uh, but anyway, they made him a promise. Okay, we'll take care of your family. We'll, uh, we'll we'll preserve your name as a great general if you'll just offer yourself. And they gave him a pistol, and and he chose that way. He took himself out. He killed himself. Um, I think that that's what they offered George W. Bush. Okay, you tried to you you were implicated in you killing mean, President. Sorry, you mean George H. Bush? H. H. W. Yeah. Yep. The old the old George. Yep. And. Uh, and uh, so they 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 made him that offer, you know, we'll preserve your your legacy if you will, you know, submit to being executed. <clears throat> and there's a lot of people that think that that's what happened, that he didn't die a natural death, that he was executed. Well, I I kind of concur with that statement, just for the fact that um, if you saw the funeral video yes. of the bushes and them being handed something, right, and uh, the the look on Jeb's face, right. Um, I don't know. It's, it looked like to me like Laura Laura Bush and um, George W. knew knew what was already up, but yeah. it looks like you know you know monkey brain 
Jeb, you know, he had must not have had any clue what was going on, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, ironically, I think uh, wasn't uh, George H. Bush's father or grandfather a uh, pretty big German Nazi th- sympathizer? Prescott Bush, yeah. Prescott yeah, Bush, uh-huh. right? And I actually, I think, um, you know, it's my understanding is that uh, George H. Bush was actually the another shooter that actually shot Kennedy. Right. And there was actually uh, some point at a time where he actually almost got caught for it later on. Uh And he, 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 he made some comment about basically uh, escaping, you know, that situation uh, in general. Um, But, but yeah, so I think he was, you know, that's what they're doing with some of these people is they're basically a, Allowing them to take the Rommel option out, I think that's what actually what John McCain right. had to do as well, because uh-huh. uh, there was the Ohio Ohio Governor John Kasich that was on one of the media sources uh, on an interview. I think it was CNN, right? But he made a comment that was very very strange to most people that thought John McCain had just died of brain cancer, right? Uh-huh. right. He said. He's, he's talking about John McCain, and he makes this comment to the effect of, well, it's been only 24 hours since John McCain was put to death. Right. right. And then he went on to just talk about, you know, something else or whatever. Yeah. Not a lot of people and, caught that. And, people and not a whole lot of people caught that. So uh-huh. John McCain was executed as a traitor. Uh, most likely H. Bush was as well. I suspect with some of these people, that's the way that they'll probably do it um, in order to not um, uh, destabilize things too greatly. Um, Though my understanding is, you know, Hillary and Obama will will stand trial. Right. Right. And and my suspicion is, is that Obama probably will go to prison. Right. Uh, Jim seems to think that he's going to get off scot-free and become president of the United Nations or something. Well, I think what will happen is, is you know, we're in this, you know, this period of reprieve and reset where, you know, things are really going to go our way, you know, with God's hand on on the world. And then, you know, that second part of that tribulation or whatever, where, you know, God, you know, removes his hand and allows them to do their thing. That's probably where he'll be released right. um, to do his thing. Uh-huh. Um, and, you know, maybe not, maybe he's not, maybe he's not the one to do it, but yeah. uh, you know, Jim's possibility of that happening. It's possible. Yeah. I mean, sure. It's very much possible. Yeah. So I'm not, not saying it's set in stone, but it's definitely possible. I think that um, one of the things, because, you know, during that, that funeral, um, Jeb wasn't the only one that had kind of a, str- a stunned look on his face. If they showed, um, <clears throat> of all people, um, uh, what's her name? Uh, Pence's wife had one of those. I noticed that she had one. The Clintons had one. I think um, uh, who else got one there? Uh, Biden. Uh, Biden. Biden got one. one. Uh, I noticed that. Um, uh, who was it? Carter. Carter. Uh, he, he didn't get one. He didn't know. How, he's like, why didn't I get one? Yeah, he <laughs> you know? was looking in the envelope like, where's mine? And you do not, you do not want one of those cards. So, yeah, exactly. Um, 
So um, yeah. they know. I mean, the look on Biden's face, him looking up, you know, after he saw that card looking up, like, yeah, um, yeah. Uh, that's uh, these people are they're in trouble. Yeah, I mean, they are. Now, here's uh, a, here's a little speculation. <clears throat> what if that card said something like, "My name is John F. Kennedy Jr. I'm still alive," and this is what happened, and I'm coming for everybody. <laughs> I'm coming for you. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It it could be simply just wording on there. It could right. be a, just a picture, or it could be a picture and some wording. We you know uh-huh. we don't we don't truly know yet. Right. But but, but perhaps in time, um, you know, we'll kind of figure it out. We'll be able to piece that fully together and oh, have sure. a full understanding of it. Sure. Um, I was looking at some stuff that was posted, and uh, one of the things that I saw, Eric, was a report. They're saying that uh, when Kennedy's plane uh, crashed, that there was a there was a haze, a fog that he couldn't see very well, and he couldn't fly by instruments. <clears throat> which I have a hard time believing because I know that um, I've known pilots before, and one of the first things they do is t- they teach you is that if you get disoriented, you look at your instruments. You know, um, so what pilot would 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 look at his instruments if uh, he he couldn't tell up from down or left from right or whatever? You know. Um, anyway, it says that it's a report. I think it's from the National uh, United Press International. It says copyright 1999. Um, and there's a little sentence in there. It says visibility at the time was reported to be about eight miles, clear enough to fly without instruments. Okay. Huh. <laughs> All right. So there's one thing that kind of throws a little wrench into the that he died, you know. Um, let's see, where's that? There's um, QAnon posted something. Uh, oh, where is that? I know I've got it somewhere. If I lost this, I'm not going to be a very happy human being. Um, here, I, I, I found it. It's right here. I can. All right. Um, there's a, a Q, uh, anonymous posted this six twenty four eighteen. It was a Sunday, nine fourteen and fifty five seconds. Um, and this is somebody that posted claiming it to be QAnon, and it says, "In 1909, we lost everything. My father caught on first to the Bilderbergers, then he caught on to NASA, on, to, on the NASA." He demanded to know who the Greys were and why they were here. They killed him. I strategically staged my own death, allied with one person in this world whom I knew was honorable enough to trust, and we began to build the plan. Penance is coming. Regardless of what you think, you are not, a, yet, you are not yet awake. You do not know how deep this goes. If you knew, you could not sleep. Many of you could never go on. You need each other. You need every one of you. Learn to play nice and with each other or be left behind. If one stumbles, pick them up. If one asks a question, give them an answer. That's how we grow. There is more. There is no more room um, in the plan for arrogance and self-importance. If you turn one away, you have hurt the plan. If you hurt the plan, you'll be left behind. We are watching. We see all. 
there are no secrets. You should not believe the files, not believe the files kept on every one of you. That, for for that matter, you never believe where they are kept. Prepare for the next phase. Now, who would write something like that? My father caught on first to the Bilderbergers, then he caught on to NASA. He demanded to know who the grades were, and and the, and they killed him. <clears throat> so uh, anyway, and this was the original um, anonymous post. <laughs> um, what is the possibility? It doesn't say who who is who is speaking that. It just it's 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 posted by anonymous, and it's um. There's a file number. It's got a JPG of him standing right next to Donald Trump when they were both younger. Well, so what was his name? Well, it doesn't give a name here. It just it's anonymous. Well, what, um, what's the possibility that it's it's a descendant of Trump, or it's someone that the Trump family knew? Back then, that's true. But Trump was a good friend of John Jr. He was okay. They used to hang out together. And this picture that I'm looking at here is a picture of a kind of a young, very young John Jr. hanging out with President Trump. Well, back then, Donald Trump. So it's interesting that it's you know that it's all there. You know. Um, yep. Another thing that I was checking out. Uh, and it says the JFK faked his death in 1999. A lot of people have been speculating that perhaps JFK Jr. may have faked his own death to plot against the deep state, a.k.a. the Illuminati, to avenge his father's assassinations. Here's seven reasons why. Okay. The guy just sounds like JFK Jr. In an interview of, of Trump supporter Vincent Fusca, you can hear that he has the same voice and accent as JFK Jr., um, so who is Vincent Fusca or Fusca? I don't know how to say that. Many believe that the name Vincent Fusca is a pseudonym because the name Vincent is derived from the Latin name Vincentius, meaning conquering. The meaning of Fusca in the Latin is dark, swarthy, uh, dusky, or conquering darkness. This would tie in with the idea that John F. Kennedy Jr. faked his own death to covertly seek vengeance on his father's assassination, which seven in ten people believe was a CIA conspiracy to stop the disclosure of secret societies ruling our nation. And Kennedy did allude to that, by the way. He did. Um, Yeah. Uh, Number four, Larry King interviews Trump. In an interview by Larry King, Donald Trump, of Donald Trump on October 8th, 1999, about his bid for, to run for president, Larry King shared a letter that John F. Kennedy Jr. wrote to give condolences to Trump about his father's recent passing. When Larry King says the date of the letter was July 19, 1999, Trump confirms the date. John F. Kennedy Jr. died July 16, 1999, three days before he wrote this letter. Can dead men write letters? <laughs> okay, oh, number wow. five. Fusca signs the JF uh, signs JFK um, J-R with his hand, right hand, uh, with his hand. At a Trump rally, Vincent Fusca signed the initials JFK when he looks over at the lady with him, presumably his wife, and says, 
don't forget the J. And she says, don't forget the J.R., like Junior. He then smiles and signs J.R. Wow. Um, number six is JFK Jr. linked to QAnon. A popular underground source for the dark web referred to as QAnon and followed by millions drops many hints that uh, that not only is John F. Kennedy Jr. alive, but that he might be QAnon himself. More and more information is surfacing daily that proves QAnon is working with Trump to abolish the deep state and grasp and their grasp on the world economy. And who is it that said that Donald Trump is, uh, it was Rockefeller that said Donald Trump is trying to destroy the, no, it was a Rothschild. He said that Donald Trump is is uh, destroying the New World Order. Um, let's see, number seven, Trump and J.R. were friends. If you couldn't tell from Trump's interview by Larry King, he was a good friends with John F. Kennedy Jr., if he was, in fact, alive and he was, in fact, QAnon with so much evidence that Trump is working with QAnon, it would make sense that these two have a history. Also, did you notice Fusca always wears a fedora? Did you know who else frequently wore a fedora? John F. Kennedy. Coincidence? And that's it for that one. That's so that, um, yeah, pretty yeah. compelling evidence. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Just... And you have to get online um, and look. One thing I thought was pretty interesting, look up Vincent Vincent uh, Fusca, F-U-S-C-A. You'll find a lot right. of especially on uh, YouTube. Um, if you look at the Kennedy Memorial from space, or from space, from high altitude, it actually forms the letter Q. Um, there's a big circle. JFK is down at the bottom, and then there's kind of a little area at the bottom that's kind of like an ellip- elliptoid, like I-shaped. But then there's a little walkway that goes down off of the off of the zero or the O to make it look like a Q. Thought that was kind of interesting. Um, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. Okay. Here now, here's another one from anonymous, and this is on six twenty four eighteen twelve thirty two twelve hours and thirty. 23 minutes and 22 seconds. Um, He says, a possible method being saved from the aircraft wreck and removed uh, to safety by Navy SEALs. It says double zero, and it has in in quotes uh, or parentheses, Bond, James Bond, secret. And remember, John John was well remembered for climbing underneath his dad's desk during the all that time that his dad was in the Oval Office. Um, let's see what else. Um, it says when something happens, one side immediately goes, "Muh, fake." Uh, then my first reaction is, "Wait a minute! This is what fake media always does. Do not look. Do not look at this. We know better." In other words, that's what they're saying. So I better keep an open mind, and an open mind brought me here. Um, and then it says, "Did we lock? Did we get a look at the gray man? Whatever that means." Um, so there, there are a bunch of, uh, and and if you look up Vincent Fusca, <laughs> um, somebody I'm looking up, at it, looking at him right now. Yeah, did you see the composite somebody put together? There's yep. A picture of uh, a lady that's standing there with a like a hat that's got sequins on it. And they've got it next to a picture of uh, JFK's wife. Um, 
got to be the same woman. The nose is even the same. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I actually have that picture up yeah. right now. Uh, they have a, well, a half and half picture of a young JFK and a Vincent Fusca, and they, they almost look exactly the same. Uh, the nose, I will admit, is different, but if you're going to fake your death, you got to change your appearance somehow. You can get a nose job. Yeah, get a nose job. But uh, uh, the guy it shows another picture of him wearing a fedora, standing next to that lady that looks like JFK's wife, or John F. Kennedy Jr.'s wife. Um, there's just, I don't know. I, you know, part of me still wants to speculate that maybe this is, you know, no, nothing real, nothing big. But um, there is a, uh, oh, here's another one. I found a, another quote from Anonymous, and this is on Monday, the 2nd of November, 2015. And he's talking about the Russian jetliner. Um, you remember that? Uh, that it wasn't a Russian jetliner. Well, anyway. Let's see. If you want to know what happened to the Russian jetliner, read below. Excerpts from Federal Bureau of Investigation report on the recovery of Piper Saratoga aircraft of John F. Kennedy Jr. Uh, No declassification until 722 of 2029. This is uh, in deference to the wishes of senior member of the Kennedy family. also, in deference to the order of the national government and respect to certain foreign intelligence agencies having reciprocal agreements with the U.S., POTUS uh, order and national security findings attached. Uh, the recovered aircraft shows evidence of an explosive device having been glued or affixed to the tail luggage compartment. The device was apparently actuated by barometric pressure. Radio signals not ruled out. Uh, tail of the aircraft was dismembered from the plane, making it front heavy. Study of the radar shows the plane fell in excess of 6,000 feet per minute up, uh, up to radar cutoff. Satellite images supplied by the National Reconnaissance Office uh, record an outburst flash from the aircraft just prior to it going into perpendicular descent. Tail structure was dismembered just prior to de- descent. Um, recovery of a piece of luggage from beyond the flight path of the aircraft correlates with it being hurtled out of the tail luggage compartment at outburst. Preliminary examination of the aircraft shows residue of an explosive device the laboratory identifies as being the type used by certain forage intelligence agencies, reference to POTUS order and findings. Study of the air traffic control and other radio signals shows no mayday report from the aircraft explained by uh, the rapid rapidity of uh, descent. Investigation and examination has been strictly compartmentalized. So, I mean, you know, if it was just uh, him flying into haze and he couldn't coordinate himself, <laughs> why all the secrecy? You know? I wonder what kind of haze it really was. If it was a haze, it could have been induced by some kind of technology. Well, just going to throw something out here, and it it could be completely off base. No, go for it. What if it was a haze in the sense of a distortion in time and space, much like the Philadelphia experience? Could be, yes. He flies through, it disappears, right? Uh Uh-huh. But then he comes out. You know, at some point, other point in time, I don't know where 
or when uh -huh. in the future. Right. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, that could very well be. Now that's probably that's probably grasping at straws a little bit. Uh huh. So in fact, that, that's actually something I'm actually you might even run by Jim. Right. Uh, to see what he thinks of that that kind of idea, because mm -hmm. uh, uh, you know with the Philadelphia experience, that's kind of what they saw. It was kind of a uh, electromagnetic uh, mist or haze, right? Uh, where they faded out, and you know they supposedly they the the ship reappeared in the 1980s, you know, off the coast of you know some some state on the east coast, but um, you know that's a distinct right. possibility as well. That's right. And another so, one is that um, he knew that that Clinton was gunning for him. You know, because I'm sure he had sources all over the place. You know, hey, if you run sure. for president, this woman's going to try to kill you. And she thinks you're going to run for president, so she's already got her hitman out looking for you. So you, you, you rig your plane with a remote control device with a bomb yep. on it. <laughs> you fly, yep. you know, off of the coast of Connecticut, explode the bomb, and bam, you know. But the whole thing that makes it sound funny is that, you know, yes, they recover the body, supposedly. No autopsy. They cremated him, which I don't think Catholics are very much into cremating. I think that might have changed over the years. But um, I think that they're, they're, they basically lean towards bodily interment into the ground or into a sarcophagus. Um, so that's weird because he was a devout Catholic. Um, and so no autopsy. Um, cremation and burial at sea you know um and who else did they bury at sea during the uh well that was during the obama administration oh i i know Laden, right oh uh, that's what they say you know yeah then they, they were supposedly did that to honor some kind of islamic tradition but i've read about that and i don't think the islamics uh first of all they don't honor burial from infidels right you know uh, second of all, I don't think that they honor burial at sea. I think they see that as a uh, as an affront, as a as an insult. Yeah. You know, unless it was done to be an insult. And then there's there's speculation that you know he was killed years before he died in a cave bombing or something. You know, and and that Obama just took credit for it when it really didn't happen. And and knowing that character, you know, no big surprise here. You know. Right. So. Um, Anyway, so the speculation is, now there's several speculations. One is that this guy's going to remain in hiding and just keep, you know, bringing out stuff that he's been bringing out. Another one that I've heard um, is that uh, when things get really bad for Trump, that he is going, that this person, uh, John F. Kennedy Jr., is going to come out of the shadows and that he's going to run as a, um, a running mate with Donald Trump to become vice president. That would mean that, you know, Pence would have to be out of the picture. Right. Right? Yeah. And nothing's saying that he's in the picture right now. It's a second, uh, you know, second election. Um, no, he hasn't really talked about, I don't know if Trump has actually officially, officially announced who if he's going to have Pence do it again. Right. I'm still intrigued by this whole fact that his wife got that, that white envelope. That's exactly my next point. Yeah. So if she got an envelope and they're married, are they both implicated in something? Right. 
And you know? I've, I've, I've heard rumblings that that could be the case. Right. That, right. Uh, well, Pence is not to be trusted. But right. again, I, um, I don't automatically want to throw someone underneath the bus without really knowing for sure. Well, but sure. It's yeah. something. It's something for us to be aware of at the very least. You know, uh-huh. the problem is, is I, I'm sure you know as Trump has experienced. You know, here he he chooses all these people, you know, vice president, and then all these people in his uh, in his cabinet, and then then he comes to find out, you know, as he's really starting to sniff out the traitors, that you know, geez, here's some people that you know you thought were legit, and right. uh, they're traitors. Uh huh. And I know he's he's done things to basically sniff out the leakers, you know. He would, you know, make statements about things and make those statements slightly different in front of different people and then w- wait for that to get released out to the media. Right. And then he would know who the traitor is, you know what I mean? Things uh-huh. like that. Yeah, I know he's doing things sense. like that. Yeah. And there may be other things that they're doing to sniff out people, but... Um, but yeah. Yeah. Quite interesting, huh? It is. It's uh, we we live in interesting times. We have a very interesting president. Um, we have a very crooked and corrupt Congress. Um, this whole impeachment thing is is if it wasn't the fact that they're so intent on doing it, it would be laughable. Well, they're um, very very desperate. Uh, yeah. You you only do this when you're incredibly desperate because. Uh, the end is at hand for you. Right. Michael Savage pointed out today, I know I, I refer to him a lot, folks, but I, the guy's got a lot of knowledge. <laughs> he really does. He's a very, very intelligent man. Um, and the Sixth Amendment to the uh, Constitution guarantees that uh, many things. But one of the things it guarantees is that you have a right to face your accuser. Okay. And, uh, what they're planning on doing is having secret, basically secret uh, meetings with these uh, supposed leakers and not letting the defense have access to these people, which is a violation of the Sixth Amendment of the Constitution. And thus it makes it, thus it makes the proceedings illegal. First of all, the Supreme Court should just step in and say, Hey, what you're doing is illegal and we're going to throw out any evidence that you uh, you try to present because of what you've done here. <laughs> you know, that's a whole part of, um, if you've ever been involved in a law case, they have something called this discovery. And that's when you have to take all the evidence that you have, every little piece of paper, every crossing of the T and dotting of the I, and you got to present it to the other side so that they can see what they're up against, uh, either who they're defending or who they're prosecuting, you know, and, and that's being denied him. Um, uh, uh, Importantly, too, it's been been happening a lot in workplaces, believe it or not, um, where you know these things are are happening to people and they're not able to efface their accusers. And uh, yeah, that's really a violation of their amendment rights. Yeah, exactly. Now, if it ever happens to me, I'm just going to say, okay, you're violating the sixth, the sixth Amendment. You know, do you want? Looks to like proceed? I need to get a lawyer. Yeah. yeah. Do you want to proceed with this? If you want to proceed, I'm going to go get a lawyer. Um, yeah. And uh, a lot of times it's with uh, state entities because they figure that they're above the law. And yep. uh, I've seen it happen in my own workplace, as a matter of fact, where people are accused and you're not told who's who's accusing you. 
uh, it's not happened to me, but it's happened to others. You know, we're not going to tell you who's accusing you. Uh, it's going to be investigated, and you'll find out later what our determination is. And uh, I'll tell you, boy, howdy, if that happens to me, it's going to be okay. You're going to tell me right now, or I'm going to get a constitutional lawyer. And uh, anyway, so I'm getting off on a rant here. But, That's okay. Uh, uh, so it's, it's very interesting. It's it, the days that are that are coming are, are very interesting. Um, uh, there's there is a coup being uh, waged against our president. Um, it's it's probably not yeah, going to succeed, but you know the way this no, world is, who knows? They started with a soft a soft coup, and they're going to try to transition to a hard one. Right by the end, end of the year, because the plan is to try to instill Hillary in as president or Pelosi. Yeah. Because she's next in line. Or, right. Or through that, some, that type of mechanism. Right. And they're, cause they're talking about actually rust arresting Trump and the cabinet. And then actually part of this is actually to uh, also, uh, uh, arrest, uh, Trump supporters in general. Right. As part of this hard coup. Right. Um, cause that's all they got left. Yeah. But the problem is, is, um, it's not going to work. It's not going to happen. Um, the, the Trump and well, let's just say Trump and the military are uh, way ahead of the game uh, on these people, and they don't have a clue what's coming. For, well, you know what? They do have a clue what's coming for them. That's right. why they're so desperate. I mean, right. I don't know if I mentioned it um, last Monday when we were together, but um, I read. That uh, I actually read the order. It was uh, it was implemented by President Bush when Hurricane Katrina blew through the South, and it was an order for for the Marines to um, assist civil authorities in the implementation of uh, law law enforcement. Um, you know, <laughs> to me that's a big violation of uh, posse comitatus. Yes, uh, and folks, if you don't know what that is, uh, back during the Civil War, just afterwards. The military used to act as a police force, and they found that that was illegal, and they made a law against that called Posse Comitatus. Uh, Bush, however, um, quietly took that away after 9-11, and uh, there is no order against Posse Comitatus anymore. Um, so uh, so he did that anyway. Uh, Bush did during the, uh, the Katrina crisis. And it it, uh, it never was abolished. It was it was uh, kind of um, uh, what's another word for it? It was put on hold basically. However, I heard that uh, within the last two three weeks, maybe a month, that Trump has basically reinstalled that or reinstilled it, and that uh, the Marines are going to be going into Washington to kind of uh, be a police force to protect him. Yep. And with the threats that he's been getting, he has every right to do that. Yeah, all the bunch of psychopaths out there. Yeah, uh, wanted wanted to, him to be murdered. You know. Yeah, and Congress calling for his arrest. You know, some members yeah. of Congress. And it's interesting yeah, I mean, that it's a it's a Muslim member of Congress that made that comment. You know, the uh, people that have never really grown up here and or taken government classes don't know that there's an order of an order and a way of doing things, and that you just can't treat this like a banana public republic, and uh, and do whatever you want to. 
you know, although they're, they're going to try to get away with it. But, uh, uh, you know, so it's it's going to be interesting. The days ahead are going to be interesting. Um, and, you know, Eric, I think that people should kind of be prepared because if if this kind of stuff does come down the pike, the first thing you're going to do is implement martial law. You know, yeah. um, when martial law gets implemented, um, travel is going to be difficult. I have to drive an hour to get to work. Yeah. So there, there's a possibility that I might have to stop by two or three checkpoints in order to get where I'm going every morning. So you might want to get used to getting up earlier to go to work. Um, I know that there's some times when people forget to bring their license with them, but the first thing you're going to be asked for is your papers um, when, when you're trying to when, trying to cross, uh, you know, um, roadblocks or whatever. Um, so you need to have that with you. It needs to be up to date and, and things like that. Uh, food might be a little hard to get. You might want to stop stock up on a little extra food, uh, water. Um, get a good generator if you need one. Uh, because uh, there might be outages of electricity here and there. Because when this happens, you know, the other side's not going to sit by idly. They're going to try to uh, destroy things. Um, and they'll be dealt with, you know, as, as the, on a case-by-case basis as that happens. But, you know, one of the best ways to throw people into a panic is to destroy the power grid. <laughs> um, especially in the dead of winter or in the, you know, the heat of summer. Um, when it's really needed, so you know, you got to get yourself a wood stove if you're allowed to have those in your area, so that you'll have heat. A generator, so you'll have light. Um, I realize that some of you might not be able to afford those things. Well, then cleave on to somebody that's got those things, so you can go over and hang out with them when these things happen. Um, obey civil authorities because that's going to be very important. Because if you don't, they're going to think you're from the other side, and you might get shot. <laughs> Um, and we don't want any of our listeners to be shot because they had a cocky attitude or um, didn't want to listen to the civil authorities, uh, which is going to be very important in the days to come. Um, you know, if it's the other side, I understand. you got to do what you got to do. But uh, um, as far as I can tell for right now, these are probably going to be the good guys that are doing this. And, uh, and we have to, if we want our republic to remain a republic and uh, not to become part of the New World Order, uh, in a communist or uh, a communist nation or, or Islamist uh, a caliphate, we really need to uh, to fight it, to stand up, to get up and fight, and uh, for our rights. You know, a lot of that can be done with your voice and with a pen. Still, um, so do that, and uh, just just keep in the back of your mind that things could get bad pretty quick, and that. Uh, but at the same time, also remember that, you know, remember who you belong to. If you're a believer in Jesus, uh, just remember who you belong to and that he takes care of his own. Eric, i got to tell you something that happened. You're a tech guy, right? Yep, I am. Okay, so we get to work the other day, and you're going to see where this ties in. Um, I get to work the other day, and uh, we, we, we don't do paper forms at all anymore. Everything's electronic, so... Yep. Um, I pass medications a lot of times, and I have to go off, off of something that's called a medication administration record called an EMAR, yep. electronic MAR. And uh, if I don't have that, I can't pass the meds. And the population that I work with, some of them need it really bad in order for us to have a good day and for them to have a good day. And um, 
So I was, I got into work and I was told that the system was down totally, even the dispensing machine was down. And, um, so, you know, I started to panic and then a calm came over me and I placed my hand on top of the monitor where I work. And I said out loud, you know, usually I say these things quietly, but I said, I said, father, in the name of Yeshua, I said, this thing is down, and if it's down, it's going to make for a very bad day for me and a lot of other people. I said, I'm asking you in, in, in Yeshua's name, Jesus' name, that you would just bring the computer system back up and let it work perfectly the rest of today and forever, for that matter. I kid you not, within 30 seconds, the Ouroboros that was turning on my screen disappeared. The computer system came back up and worked great for the rest of the day. <laughs> Ah, uh, God, God is the ultimate IT <laughs> professional. Isn't that wonderful? <laughs> so, and here's the best part. Now, I work with this guy. That's you know, we, we, fantastic. We have, a, we have a difficult relationship working together because he's very, very liberal and I'm very conservative. And, yep. and he he has a hard time keeping quiet about things. I, I have a little easier time, although I have to eat my pride a lot. And uh, so... Uh, he actually came in to where I was working, and he said, I want to thank you for the laying on of hands that you did to the computer. And I'm thinking to myself, wait a minute. Now, the laying on of hands is a Christian term. not, peop- not, yes. not for- And I'm like, I wonder if this guy had an encounter with the Lord at one time of his life. So now I've got that to explore. <laughs> so, Yeah, you never, never write people off, you know. Yeah. Totally. yeah. You can't. You can't. Because yeah, you yeah. don't know for sure about I mean, everybody. Then I'm going to have to do a whole bunch of repenting because I've, you know, I've yeah. uh, not liked this guy many times in the past. And, you know, I've asked the Lord to, to help me in certain situations. And and perhaps I've been praying against a, a brother that's just gone wayward. Yep. And uh, so anyway, uh, uh, very interesting day. And, and just a kudos. Not, I hate that word. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for for hearing that prayer and answering it, because it would have been a mess for, you know, uh, hundreds of nurses and, you know, and and patients and everything else. And you just stepped right in there, Lord, and you just saved a day like you usually do. So thank you, Lord. So, but, uh, so Eric, what do you think about, well, I know you've kind of touched on it and kind of elaborated about it. So if you were to... On a scale of 1 to 10, if you were to speculate that maybe JFK Jr. is still alive, what's, what number would you give it? And be honest, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't really matter. You know, I'd probably throw somewhere in between a, a 5 to a 7. Oh, that's good. That's good. That's yeah. a 50% chance to 70%. Yeah. 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 I mean, there's a, there's definitely a probability that it, it could be true. So. Yeah. Yeah. But um, just the idea of why bring up that individual so much in all those postings, you know? Right. On QAnon. Right. Yeah, I um, I've I've really didn't have much to do with QAnon because um, I didn't know that much about him until you know you told me about him, and then Jim was talking a little bit about him, and I decided to investigate, and I was starting to read some of his stuff, and a lot of it's cryptic. A lot of it you have to yeah, there's some actually some pretty pretty good uh, people out there um, that do a pretty good job, in my opinion, of kind of interpreting some of that stuff. Oh, okay, good. 
Um, so, you know, praying, praying medic would be one of them uh-huh. um, that I could think of. And then I thought there was a one other one here. I'm looking through my phone because um, I've got a buddy that you know he really he follows uh, praying medic real closely. Uh-huh. I thought there was one other one. If I could just, oops, here, hold on a second. I'll see if I can yeah, find sure. it. With the crypticness, I think that if people had something to help them to kind of decipher, you know? Yeah, there's another one. X-22 is another one. X-22. Yep, so Praying Medic and X-22 are pretty good um, sources. If you notice at most Trump rallies, you'll you'll see Q supporters or you'll see um, where Q is, you know, watch for this at the rally. Uh-huh. You know, uh-huh. some particular number or, or, you know, maybe phrase or a number of things that are, that look a little cryptic and or watch for Trump to say this phrase. Right. And then Trump right. will say that phrase in there uh, during the rally. So that's how, you know, you can kind of confirm that it, uh, this is for real. Right. Right. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's pretty awesome, actually. <laughs> yeah. But I've well, seen um, I've seen. People pick up trucks with Q on the back of it, uh-huh. you know, and Trump. So right. uh, you know that it's around. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, I've been uh, educating some people at work about it. You know, there's, well, I should say two people probably uh, that, you know, are interested in it and believe that there could be some credibility in it. You know, a lot of people, oh, you're another conspiratorialist, you know, and I'm like, well, today's conspiracy is tomorrow's reality, so. Well, uh, like, you know, the enemy conspires against people, you know. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And part of that conspiracy is deny conspiracy. So, yep. <laughs> it's, you know, but. Um, very true. Yeah. So there's, like I said, there's interesting days ahead. Uh, folks, and um, you know, don't uh, don't paint the picture by what you hear the press saying, the mainstream media. Uh, what was it the other day, Eric? Um, uh, Fox News came out with a poll saying that it was like 58% of people approved of impeachment, and Trump came right out and he said that's a bunch of malarkey, <clears throat> and that uh, Trump news is becoming fake news. And right after that. Um, Trump, I mean, uh, Fox News came out with a, um, a revision of that. And uh, Fox News is something that we really need to be wary of anymore. I don't trust them anymore. Um, well, Mark Taylor echoed that uh, to watch out for them as well, because I've yeah. noticed, um, like I said, there's kind of enemies everywhere. Um, right. And even in that group, so you know there are some good people. Like I think, um, you know, Tucker Carlson, uh, Sean Hannity, uh, uh-huh. those people. But there's definitely people there uh, on that side that definitely want to, you know, take him down. So. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. Well, they're they're fleeing CNN, so they gotta go somewhere, right? So they fill out. That- well, there, there was there was one guy. Uh, uh, Shepard, uh, forget yeah. what his full name. Shepard. Yeah, he yeah. resigned, but he's he's always been very anti-Trump. Right. But he just all of a sudden announced he's done, he's out. So yeah. I, 
but you know the you know the the people are starting to flee you know as uh-huh. things kind of go sideways um and you'll see more and more of that yeah. i i almost suspect that cnn will probably go out of business that would be nice that would be really nice so i know that some, i know some of them will because mark taylor echoed that that there'll be a lot of a number of media sources that completely go out of business because uh-huh. of when this all hits the fan and people see it, they'll realize, you know, how much of a liars these people really are. Yeah, that's true. That's true. We have a number of newspapers here and they keep me quite busy because they, they're, they're always on, on Facebook. They're always posting, um, anti-Trump, Trump things and, and pro liberal things. And, and half of the time they get the spelling wrong in different words. Um, another part of the time they get the story wrong, uh, they'll show a picture. What was it the other day? They were showing a picture of this, the uh, smog problem in Oregon. We have no smog problem here. And they were showing a picture of a place called Oak Ridge. It's down probably about a half hour from here, and it's in the mountains. It's due south of my house. And um, they were showing a picture. It looked like the worst smog, even worse than Los Angeles. Well, yeah, I recognized the picture. It was from a couple of years ago, and we had really bad fires up here. Yeah, of course, of course, it's going to be. And I called them on it. I said, "Yeah, nice of you to post a picture from when all the fires were burning two years ago and using it for your propaganda." I says, "I'm calling you on this one." You know. And, uh, so anyway, well, we have a we have a local newspaper where our conservative uh, local radio station refers to it as the paper who, whose name we do not speak. Right. They they refuse to acknowledge. And say their the name of their newspaper on the air, but everybody uh, knows because we only we only have one major one here in town. Yeah. But so, <clears throat> but yeah, they're they're typically pretty liberal, but you know they're about ready to go out of business, so which I'm fine with. So yeah, yeah. Well, that's good. That's good. They need to. Well, go let's out see. It's, it's we got ten ten thirty. Huh? <clears throat> yeah, we we'll probably yeah probably wrap it up. Wow, this has been an incredible show, Eric. Really has. Yeah, it's 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 like I always say. It's great when Jim's not around. <laughs> Sorry, I, I, he should he, he should, joking, he should listen to that. Yeah, definitely joking. So, uh, on a side note, uh, Detroit was ahead. Uh, the Tro- Detroit Lions were ahead the entire time until under two minutes left in the game, and Green Bay won twenty-three to twenty-two. So I don't think Jim will be too happy. Um, yeah, I think which is a, unfortunate. Get, write him a letter and say, hey, how'd it go? <laughs> yeah, that's uh, God's judgment on him for missing the show. That's no, just right. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Sometimes you need a break. Yeah, you he's do. A big, he's a big supporter of the Detroit Lions, so you know, yeah. got to give him his break. Oh, I'm glad you mentioned that. Uh, folks, if you listen in on Wednesday nights, <clears throat> um, we're going to – Ralph and I are taking a break this Wednesday. He's got some stuff to do. Actually – it's really neat. If you live down in the Tucson area, there's going to be a school board meeting this Wednesday night. And Ralph has 15 minutes to present um, an argument for why evolution should be taken out of the uh, the public schools. Because Darwin, in his own words, said that if his, his theory could not be proved, then it was wrong. And evolution cannot be proved, so Darwin was wrong. So he's going to present that in front of the Tucson school district. Uh, this Wednesday night, and in an effort to get evolution taken out of the school there, so um, it should be pretty interesting. So if you're, if you're, I don't know, if you're listening now, um, 
uh, go and you live in that area, go go cheer him on, go uh, support him because he's going to need it, of course. And um, it'd just be nice to uh, for him to have some allies there because I know that he's probably going into a den of vipers with uh, with very little anti venom, so to speak. But he's got the Lord on his side, so that's a good thing. So he'll he'll walk out okay, but. Um, He'll need all the support he can get. So, and if you can't go, pray for him because he's uh, he's going to need the prayers in order to be able to say the right things and and um, and things like that. So there will not be a show this Wednesday night. It will re- resume next uh, next week on Wednesday and uh, and go from there. So just want to let you know ahead of time. All right, Eric. Well, thank you. It's been a blessing being with you on this show, and uh, uh, we got a lot of information thrown out there today for people to listen to. I should say placed out there. We didn't throw it out. Uh, um, and then, you know, so folks, uh, ruminate on this stuff and, you know, rightly divide the truth and, uh, and let's wait and see what happens. So we might be mildly or very excitedly surprised in the day to, days to come uh, if all this comes into fruition. So, um, Eric, you have a wonderful week. <clears throat> God bless you and your family. Yeah, God bless you and yours as well. Okay, thank you, sir. And uh, I'll see you next Monday. If not, All right, sounds good. (laughs) Okay, don't go anywhere. I won't.